Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Kelly. I am Stephanie. <laughs> and we have taken over the NARAL podcast. You will notice that your usual crew of Mr. Gabriel Mann, uh, Jamie Miracle, uh, Kelly Freeman, and Vashida, um, they're not here. And you know why? Because we're in Cleveland with our special guest, Stephanie, today. <laughs> and so consider this the alternative broadcast of NARAL's Morning After. We won't say better, just alternative. Yes. Um, and we have a lot to talk about today, so thanks for um, listening in. Um, by way of introduction, um, Stephanie is uh, maybe the best organizer I've ever met, mm-hmm. and now she's also becoming a fantastic executive director of a very important organization in Ohio, which is Women Have Options. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about Women Have Options and um, a major event that you guys just had that went spectacularly well and will benefit so many people in Ohio. Thank you so much, Kelly. You're so sweet. Um, Just honest, (laughs) not sweet at all. Um, So yeah, so Women Have Options is is Ohio's uh, statewide abortion fund. So what that means is we directly pay for uh, abortion access for those who can't um, can't afford it. We also like do other ways, uh, other things to help remove barriers and practical support that includes like rides. It includes hotel stays, uh, some doula support for folks that don't have support um, from family members. Uh, so we try to remove barriers to abortion access. We're one of three abortion funds in Ohio. Uh, there is the preterm access fund, which we are in the wonderful preterm uh, building. Gorgeous here. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's the Agnes Rundle's front uh, fund, uh, the Aggie fund, uh, the endearing name for it. Um, and they're up in Toledo, and we're Women Have Options, and we're the statewide fund. We we help cover the entire state. And for those who don't know, why do we need to have abortion funds? Well, we need to have abortion funds because abortion is oftentimes not paid for by insurance, and it's definitely, and in Ohio, it's not paid for by Medicaid. Um, and then there are people that don't have access to either of those. So uh, it's a, an expense that most people don't expect, and most people don't have 550 or more dollars to uh, just kind of around um, to have, have the money to have an abortion. Right. Um, that for on the federal level that really tracks back to the Hyde Amendment which was passed uh, shortly after Roe and I think it's a long-term goal of this movement is to repeal that because abortion is health care and it should be treated like any other health care procedure and it should be part of your insurance regardless of where it comes from and uh, but until then um, Stephanie and the folks at preterm and the Aggie fund and and so many other places are doing what they can to to fill in the gap. Absolutely, yeah. Because really, I mean, your your access to abortion shouldn't depend on how much money you have. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> and a right without access is nothing. Exactly. All the all the little terms that you like to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's because they're Cause true. It's really. Yeah. It's true. 
So um, I think for folks who are regular listeners, they've heard about the Bolathon for weeks, but but they haven't heard from the queen of the Bolathon. <laughs> um, so tell us, tell us how it went this year, and um, you know how you did with your goals, how everything went in Ohio. Oh yeah. So uh, I mean, the Bolathon is such a such a fun and wonderful event. Uh, I mean, where else can you like spend time with a whole bunch of pro-choice folks? Uh, you know having a really wonderful party and wearing silly shoes and taking silly pictures and bowling uh, while celebrating abortion access. Gabe it's, attended your bowlathon yep. one year dressed as Lady Liberty. <laughs> it was so good. I love that picture so much. Yes, and he held, held up the bowling ball instead of a torch. Yeah. It's, it's a classic. It is. It is. It's an iconic photo. Of, it is. Uh, Maybe I should replace it. Perhaps. Yeah. For those of you who are <laughs> listening and not watching, we have a some images on the wall, including Lady Liberty, but may, maybe we should put Gabe on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> although I really loved uh, of, uh, Kelly's, uh, um, Kelly organizer Kelly, uh, her picture from last year in like a complete bowling <laughs> outfit, you yes. know, with her, with her belly hanging out of her, uh, her pregnant belly, and that's also a really great iconic photo. So the, uh, the, the NARAL crew typically brings the good costumes, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're we're all wallflowers, as you know. Oh, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, such wallflowers. But um, but anyway, like the it was it was a great year. I was a bit of a nail biter um, mm-hmm. because just in general, folks. Uh, uh, I mean, last year was just so huge, and uh, after the election, after the and election, and, and everybody just everybody wanted to be together, and everybody wanted to uh, do as much as they could. So we. It, it got to a little bit to a rough start and like I was like biting my nails and like uh, but right at the end it was like I fell to the floor when we like it, middle of the actual bolathon itself and we'd been fundraising for the bolathon starting on uh, Valentine's Day but uh, we finally reached uh, $50,000 that night it was $50,000 and $15 <laughs> wow, that's incredible which, which is it, it's it is absolutely incredible and we are um, I mean, our f- goal two years ago was twenty five thousand. So wow. yeah, that's how much growth, and that that had been uh, much more than we had ever done before. So, and how how many patients, um, how many people do you can you help with that amount of money? Uh, Fifty thousand uh, dollars. I mean, that would be like five hundred people with our normal um, with our normal grant. So. I just think, but, you know, people sharing kitty pictures and asking their friends for for funding to fund abortion can literally change the lives of 500 people in yeah. just an uh, incredibly profound way. Yeah. Um, and it's all it's all grassroots. Yeah. Like it's all grassroots. It's people donating, like kind of the average donation is uh, is 20 bucks. Like the right. and so it's a you have people who are. Uh, and super creative, wonderful folks. There's like, you know, burlesque shows, you know, that people put on. Uh, there are like people put on little bake sales with their friends. They have little, they have parties, they have, um, but it's mostly raised online. It's mostly raised on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram where people are posting videos about why abortion access is important to them. Um, Cause that's really like, you know, it, it is a, not only a way to raise money and it's our biggest fundraiser of the year, but it's a way for folks to be like out loud about abortion access. It's and proud of their support 
of abortion access. Which is so important in so our work important. to combat the stigma. Exactly. Which is where that is the foundation for all of the restrictions, all of the over-regulation, the mm -hmm. Hyde Amendment, the targeted regulations on abortion providers, all those things rest on the foundation of abortion stigma. Yeah. And if, if we can bust through that, yeah. um, th there's nothing they can do. Yeah. To, it, to stop us. The number of stories where we get where uh, where bowlers will come up and say like, you know, my friend messaged me after I said that I was bowling for abortion access and told me their entire story and they like, they'd never been able to share it with anyone. And so this is like, oh, I mean, just think about kind of the healing and the wonderful things that happen between friends and how good it feels to be able to like share your story. You know, it's, uh, you know, and have a kind of a safe space to do that. So. Uh, it's really quite wonderful and does so many, so many good things. And we need to spend more time being silly and, and bowling and doing like right. <laughs> fun things like that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Because things, things are hard and, mm -hmm. and what's going on is very serious. And, yeah. and so Bolathon is brilliant for so many reasons, um, which you've talked about. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about why um, Bolathon is and its success is particularly important at this moment in Ohio. Mm -hmm. um, as regular listeners know, uh, we have, uh, and by we I mean the movement, have been in a protracted fight to protect abortion access in Toledo. Um, Governor Kasich's administration created uh, medically unnecessary regulations designed to close down abortion clinics. Specifically, I think they were targeting Toledo, Dayton, and Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, Toledo lost one of its two abortion providers, and there have been access issues since then. Um, as regular listeners know, there were, we went all the way to the Ohio Supreme Court. Um, the update is that we've been there twice mm. and lost twice. And while the clinic is trying to get a new license because we were able to fulfill all of the medically unnecessary regulations, we, the clinic and the movement, um, by getting a transfer agreement from ProMedica. And a transfer agreement is a legal document between a hospital and a clinic saying that the hospital will do what is already legally required to do, which is in the rare case of an emergency, they will treat the patient. Um, who it shouldn't be a stretch. Like, no. Like, I mean, no. come on. <laughs> no. So we were glad, but y'all did amazing work in that, in that fight. And well, yeah. the Toledo community really stood up and said, no, yeah. we're not, we're not going to let you take this critical health care away from us. Um, you know, NARAL was proud to stand with that community through this fight and continues to do so. So the update is that um, while they are waiting to get a new license from the Ohio Department of Health, they can only provide medication abortion to their patients. And the reason why that is, is problematic is that medication abortion may not be the right option for every mm -hmm. patient. Um, also, um, it's only available through nine weeks and six days of pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So those people who are in that part of the state who need uh, an abortion that is not a medication abortion are now without a local provider until the Ohio Department of Health grants the clinic a new license. Yeah. Um, we will have notes, we will have a link in the show notes for where you can take action. We ask that you contact the Ohio Department of Health, 
specific, specifically um, the leader of the Ohio Department of Health, Lance Himes. Um, we ask that you email him and ask that the clinic be treated just like everyone else and that they get their license because they've met all their requirements so they can again continue to provide the full range of abortion care that people in Toledo might need. I'll also ask you could tweet Lance. <laughs> be nice. But, um, you get more, sometimes you get more with sugar than uh, vinegar, right? Yep. <laughs> um, and Lance's Twitter handle is at Lance, L-A-N-C-E, Himes, H-I-M-E-S, and tell him that he should uh, reissue a license to Capital Care Network so that people in that part of the state can access the abortion care that they need. Um, but while we're in this kind of limbo phase, um, let's why don't we talk a little bit more about what women have options and the Aggie Fund and and frankly abortion providers are you know who are surrounding the Toledo yeah. area, how they're stepping up to help. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, it's the barrier of not having a uh, clinic in your community is is a barrier that is just so difficult for so many and you know if you can't or if you already can't like come up with the you know 500 and some dollars for your uh for your procedure itself uh then you also you know you also have to travel and from Toledo, you know from toledo to columbus it's a couple of hours or to dayton or to uh cleveland it's a couple of hours and yeah each of those trips are well over 100 miles one way yeah yeah and then you have to do that twice at least right. <laughs> And then, um, and if you're doing an overnight stay, you have you have uh, you know hotel costs. You also have the lost wages. You also have to find childcare because most people who have abortions are are parents themselves. Right. Um, so it's a, there are incredible barriers uh, to overcome, and uh, so the uh, the clinic as well as. Uh, as the Aggie Fund and Women Have Options and NARAL, we're all putting pulling together to uh, to come up with resources and information uh, for clinics uh, for clinic staff to make sure that the patients who are over that limit in either time limit or who had uh, something scheduled and need to reschedule, uh, you know, we have the best schedules. We have the you know we are pulling together to make sure that. Uh, there's, you know, gas cards for folks if they can't come up with the gas, because that's that can be just that much more for a person to overcome. Um, you know, making sure that folks have uh, overnight stays. Um, so it, it's it's a it's a really complicated thing, practical support, um, but it's so vital in abortion access. The like overcoming those barriers. Um, are just as hard or even sometimes harder than, you know, coming up with the direct funds. Because um, also, like, to, you know, get a, uh, to get a bus ticket, sometimes you have to have a credit card, and sometimes people don't have credit cards. And, like, there's just so many complicated right. factors uh, in, in getting the transportation when it's not near your home. Right. Well, and I, you know, I think that... Um, What's been amazing is to see the way the abortion funds and the clinic and the activists and the clinic escorts in Toledo have mm -hmm. really come together 
to try to make sure that you know during this interruption of full care and and we believe that this is a temporary yeah. interruption I mean the clinic has met every requirement they are uh, um, a safe and quality provider of abortion care and you know they sh there's no reason why they should not get a license they have met every political mm -hmm. and <laughs> medically unnecessary hurdle mm -hmm. that Governor Kasich and um, his cronies have put in the way. Um, they should get that, that license, but that does take some time. Um, we don't know how long specifically that will take, but, yeah. but during that time, it's, it's really important that people step up and help. So if you haven't given to Bolathon yet um, or uh, to an abortion fund and you have five or 10 or 20 extra dollars and you wanna help during what really is uh, a reproductive health care crisis period for the Toledo um, community, you know, we urge you to check the show notes come on, you know, make whatever donation you can afford. You know, five or ten dollars may not be a lot to you, but when we, we pull that all together, it really can be the difference between someone being able to continue their education, to be the parent that they want to be, to be able to take care of the children they already have. I mean, it seems like a small barrier for some of us, but for some people it is insurmountable without this assistance. I mean, people have already scraped together literally everything that they have, everything that they can they can pawn, or everything that they can, like, you know, delay, people delay bills, they uh, ask their friends for money, they ask their family members for money when they, when it's, when they can and when it's safe. Um, and, you know, like, I mean, I get stories from clinics where people are, like, digging change out of their car to pay the last couple of dollars, or and then still, still they might come up short. I mean, we have given as little as five dollars towards somebody um, because that's that's just literally all the, the tipping point. The tipping point for them, and where would they come up with that? Like otherwise, like we don't think of like that five dollars being like, you know, that important. I mean, maybe we get that cup of coffee or that, but it's it is vital for somebody to be able to access the care they need. And they like, literally cannot find anywhere else, even in the seats of their car. Wow. Well, I hope that our listeners will come through for Toledo. I believe that you will, because you always have before. So don't forget, tweet at Lance Himes. Mm -hmm. um, check the show notes for where you can also send him an email and where you can make a donation towards um, the very vital work that needs to happen in Toledo, which is making sure that anyone who needs an abortion can get the care that they need in the manner um, that they need. Absolutely. So years ago when I was a political organizer, I uh, worked in Iowa, in the Iowa caucuses. And I, when I got there, I told everyone, I was like, hey, I'm from Ohio, I'm a Midwesterner too. And that's when they told me I wasn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know the story. So, so Iowa um, is, uh, and Ohio often get confused in people's minds. <laughs> I don't understand this. Um, I often feel that we're both Midwestern states, but some people in the Hawkeye state don't feel the same way. But Ohio um, and Iowa now share something um, not cool, um, which is the six-week abortion ban. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what the, what the impact of having a ban at six weeks would do in terms of a person being able to access care? 
I mean, people <laughs> just don't get to access care. Right. I mean, most people don't know they're pregnant uh, and, uh, until about six weeks, let alone like being able to go through all the barriers and hurdles that have been put in place to like make an appointment and pay for it and do like and show up and have the abortion uh, within six weeks. I mean, it's, right. it just makes it, it makes it impossible to access and essentially makes abortion illegal. Well, exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, we call it a six week ban, but you know, uh, in terms of what the real impact would be, there, there would be no abortion access. There would be, there would be no one who would be able to provide care. There would be no one who would be able to get care in time. And of course, as uh, regular listeners know, Ohio was the first state to have a six week ban introduced. Um, it has been one of Ohio's uh, less popular exports mm -hmm. um, to other states. Ohio, uh, Iowa is the latest <laughs> state. I almost did. Oh my god! Um, it's been the latest state um, to to pass a six week ban, and of course, it's still pending in Ohio because mm. I mean they're just going to introduce it every session. So yeah. um, you know we were able to beat it back the last time with a veto mm -hmm. from Governor Kasich. But that's when we also got the twenty week ban. So well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And a lot of people speculate that that's part of the the strategy, strategy is that you know if we you know if the anti-choice community can put forward you know ever increasingly mm -hmm. bizarre um, restrictions on abortion care like a six-week ban that somehow the other things which are equally as terrible somehow don't seem as bad yeah I mean the, the bait-and-switch kind of thing right it's that's yeah well we'll just make this so much worse that that'll seem uh, not so bad mm -hmm. except it's it's they're both equally terrible mm -hmm. so you know we were able to um, thanks to the political ambitions of John Kasich and um, which you can always rely on a politician's ambition mm -hmm. um, as a leverage point thank goodness <laughs> um, you know we were able to get that vetoed um, by the governor uh, it, this is not something that a lot of people say, well, you know, the courts would not uphold this, but the question is what court? Mm -hmm. um, there are rumors right now that Justice Kennedy, who has been the swing vote oh, on the U.S. Supreme Court, I know, since shivers, <laughs> that he might retire. Um, and that really would be um, the last domino yeah. in what has been a 45-year strategy from anti-choice organizations to try to line up both the opportunities through state legislation mm -hmm. that's challenged, like a six-week ban, and the court that would be open to that to try to tr overturn Roe versus Wade. Yeah. So someone might say, well, why does what happens in Iowa matter in Ohio? Well, depending on what happens with that and where it goes in the court, it could be it could be the case that ends up before the Supreme Court. Um, yeah. It could really come from any state, which is why state advocacy is so important. I think it's also why elections really matter. Um, when you look at the Supreme Court and how someone gets on the court, of course, the process is that the president, mm -hmm. in this case, <laughs> take a deep breath, <sighs> calming down, uh, President Trump, would be able to nominate another person to the U.S. Supreme Court if there's a vacancy during his presidency. But that, that nomination doesn't just automatically put someone on the court. It has to then go to the U.S. Senate, mm -hmm. where the U.S. Senate has to confirm that person. Um, there have been times where um, advocates have been able to stop a really bad nominee, um, like Bork. 
There are other times really bad nominees. Um, Clarence Thomas comes to mind, <laughs> um, have gotten on the court, or other times where um, they stole a mm -hmm. nomination. Uh, you know, President Obama had a vacancy during the um, end of his uh, presidency, and the Senate uh, Republicans were like, just nah. Not We're not really near the end of his presidency. No, no, it, it wasn't was like, like the last days. Yeah, no, it was it was a year before the end of yeah. his presidency. Yeah, and they stalled Oof. it yeah. all that time till they got a new president. So, um, why why do political parties go to so much length? because that is the last domino. Matters. So matters. So, you know, as we're looking at these six-week ban, whether it happens in Ohio or another state, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that it's all heading somewhere. It's all part of a 45-year strategy mm -hmm. to try to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's, of course, why elections matter, because of course, we have an anti-choice president now mm -hmm. who would be appointing people who would share that view. Mm -hmm. um, he said publicly that he thinks women who have abortions should be punished. Yeah. Um, He's been clear about kind of that as a litmus test, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's face it, he's, you know, he's not exactly a feminist anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, neither is his vice president, that's for sure. Oh, oh, gosh, every time someone starts talking about impeaching President Trump, I'm like, but Pence. But Pence, yeah. Like, I mean, we know, we know what our neighbors are going through. So many people from Indiana have to come into Ohio, of all places, to get the abortion care they need. You like, know your state is at the bottom of the barrel when yeah. Ohio is the place <laughs> that you have to flee for care. Yeah. Um, it, it is truly disturbing. But, of course, this is why, why voting is so important, mm -hmm. because, you know, we get the chance every year to elect the people who make the policies that impact the most intimate part of our lives you know you know when and if and with whom we choose to have children um, and what our futures look like and so you know being registered to vote and making sure you vote in every election mm -hmm. even is, in the primaries <laughs> yes primaries and off-year elections you know it's not mm -hmm. just the presidential elections no. i um you know, have often talked to candidates because, you know, NARAL, we do endorsements. Mm -hmm. I've ha it's stunned me sometimes how, how many people don't realize how much local officials, state legislators and local officials have an impact on access to abortion. Yeah. I had a candidate tell me one time, I was asking him like, you know, hey, you know, you know I'm talking to you about endorsements, you know, um, what's your feeling on these issues? He goes, well, that's not a state issue, is it? And I was like, oh, honey, Bonnie, oh. when you get to Columbus, it's going to be a rude awakening. <laughs> like, have you been to the state house? <laughs> it's like half of what you talk about. <laughs> like Stephanie's like, there. I'm there every month <laughs> with a new hearing, a new, a new thing. So, you know, making sure that you vote and the people you vote for know what they're talking about yes. is really important. So, how, so we have a primary coming up. Mm -hmm. I love voting. I love voting so much that voter is actually my license plate. Ah. I'm a little bit of a dork like that. It's, it's my fave. I've never missed a vote in my life. Um, I'm really proud of that. <laughs> but I know not everybody, um, you know, always makes the time or has a plan to vote. So we have an election coming up next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, for those who are not sure what day they're listening to this, um, we are talking about May the 8th. Yes. 
Um, when can we vote? How can we vote? Where do we go to to be able to have a voice in our government? And one of my favorite things is that I can vote early, and it's just like it's mm. done, and it's out. Like, You're always so prepared. Oh, I it, it just it <laughs> makes me feel like I've just like gotten that done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And like you know, what if something happens? What if I get busy during the day? Um, I also have not missed, uh, but there was one year where it came, came fairly close. And was I was it, it was stressful, the, right? Of, I was so stressed that day, um, but I also love to vote. I don't have the license plate, maybe because someone took it. Um, <laughs> you could be but voter one. There we go. <laughs> um, but the uh, but yeah, you can vote early. Uh, there are early voting locations in, in the cities. Uh, every, and county. every county. Every um, county. And so this Friday, yeah, you can vote from 8 to 7. Uh, on Saturday, you can even vote. So for those people who work uh, during the week, uh, there are some Saturday hours from 8 to 4. Um, on Sunday, from 1 to 5, you can vote. For us churchgoers, yep. after church, you're right. already dressed, you're already out of the house, you've yeah. got, you're not in your pajamas. Like, Make it a family affair. Go on the way yeah. home. Yeah, it <laughs> makes it super easy. Uh, and on Monday from 8 to 2, you can, uh, you can early vote. Uh, you can also, you know, need, if you have an absentee ballot, you can post, you need to postmark it from, um, by Saturday at noon. Uh, and, uh, and if you don't do that, drop or it off. Or you can get an absentee oh, ballot oh, sorry. by get Saturday a, at noon. Okay, thank you. And then postmark it by close of business Monday. Thank you. Or, <laughs> alternately, <laughs> if you miss that, mm -hmm. you can drop off your absentee ballot. This is important. Yes. Where do we drop it off? You drop it off at your county board of elections. Not where? Not at your polling place, but That's at the right. county board of elections. People get a little crazy when you try to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they don't they don't like it very much. So no. yeah, so yes, so sorry. Um, the yes, drop it off at the county board of elections uh, during voting hours, which are six thirty a.m. to seven thirty p.m. Uh, and if you don't know where to go. Uh, there's going to be a link in the show notes, um, but uh, you can go to your County Board of Elections website and it, you just type in your name and it'll tell you where you go and it's wonderful. Well, one of the things I always like to do, and I think this is a good tip, on the County um, Board of Elections website or also the state Secretary of State's website, mm -hmm. if you want to know before you get there, like if you are going to vote in person on Election Day, like the fun thing I think about voting early is that you get some time with it. Yes. You know, you can get on your computer and you can look up an issue and how you feel about that or mm -hmm. a candidate. You get to that judicial candidate and you're like, oh, who the hell is this person? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you can go look that stuff up. But if you are one of those people who really likes to vote in person on Election Day, a lot of people like to do that. Oh, yeah. They bring their kids with them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like an annual event. That's like uh, one of the times when I see one of my neighbors, you know, <laughs> like when I come vote and that's when we catch up. Um, that's when I take my niece because I, you know, I don't trust that she will vote unless I physically take her with me. <laughs> yes. um, you know, so, you know, you've got to, you know, to kind of model and teach that behavior. Mm -hmm. But if you, you know, if you're like me and you're like, well, I really want to be prepared when I walk in there, you can go to the County Board of Elections site. You can put in your precinct and you can see what's going to be on my ballot. You can just put in your name even. Right. You can put your name in and it will tell you your precinct and then you can print out a sample ballot. Uh, and that's also what I do. And then I like look on people's Facebook pages and do all the other like website and stuff. And then just and, take like, it with you. And take it with me. And I just, and you know, 
Uh, I also print out one for my spouse as well so that, uh, so that they can do their own research when they do that. Uh, but so we can prepare ourselves so we're not like sitting at the polling booth and going like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know these names and I don't know. And people will sometimes skip those races that they don't mm -hmm. know. And those can be really important, so important offices, particularly those judicial races. And, you know, I have, you know, I've studied voter behavior. I'm was a political science major. Yeah, I'm that dork. I've been involved in politics longer than I care to say. And, you know, one of the things I hear over and over again, particularly with women voters, if they don't vote, it's two things. Either they weren't able to get to the polls, so mm -hmm. your tip about voting early or voting absentee really gives you a lot more latitude because, you know, if you're juggling school and work and kids and job and car breaks down, whatever, you don't have to be stressed out that day. So getting it out of the way is a real real time saver and a stress saver, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing is that a lot of women will say the reason why they don't vote. Um, I hear this more from women than men. I, I just think this is kind of a general kind of mm -hmm. approach to the world is, well, I didn't vote because I didn't feel like I knew enough. Mm. So then they kind of cede that to, to other people. And I'm like, well, that's amazing that you think other people know, as, know more than you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. like, a lot of them don't. Um, I will also put in a plug um, from NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio um, that we do endorsements. And we endorse in primaries because sometimes in primaries, um, just because someone's a member of a political party um, does not necessarily mean they're on team choice. Um, or sometimes being on team choice is a lesser priority for a candidate. So um, a, there are a lot of primaries, particularly um, that we've weighed in on if you're going to get a Democratic ballot in the primary. Um, and you know we uh, want to be able to give you all the guidance that we have we can so we have made endorsements in many of those um, state legislative primaries some in particular I'll, I'll really hold up are uh, Teresa Fetter um, she has been a champion for us through this battle to keep um, abortion access in Toledo um, she's been absolutely incredible. She was out there in the snow with us in front of ProMedica. She has a, a primary opponent, and we're really supporting her. Um, in, in Cleveland, uh, Nikki Antonio, who's, who's been a champion for us on a lot of our bills. Um, but there are so many other candidates. Oh, and I would be remiss, one of our um, uh, former uh, president of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio Board, Catherine Chips, is writing as a writing candidate in the Columbus area. So um, you have the opportunity in the primary to vote for some amazing champions in the state legislature, but also and I can't stress this enough, whoever the next governor is, is critical. I mean, the reason that we have to petition Lance Himes all the time, and I know everyone's getting tired of this, they're like, oh my God, how many times do I have to write to this guy? Well, if there was a pro-choice governor who had the Department of Health be run as a public health institution, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we had a pro-choice governor, that would be everything about how the government interacts with abortion rights and access in Ohio could be different. And so Ohio, uh, Narrow Pro-Choice Ohio, has made an endorsement in that gubernatorial race. We have endorsed Rich Cordray and Betty Sutton. Um, we have worked with them um, in a variety of offices that they've been in with before. Uh, they have been in the trenches with us, and um, you know I am pro-choice. I am pro-Cordray. I mean, it's that simple for me. Um, I hope that um, people will will 
come out and vote in the primary, whether it's for governor or the other races. NARAL will also be endorsing in the general election. But right now, let's get through the primary. Let's get behind the people who are behind us. And let's make sure that we're voting. I mean, you know, one of the things that they do to try to interfere with voting access is if you do miss an election or two, what do they do? They purge you from the records, they purge you from the rolls. Right. Which is ridiculous. And should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why I am supporting Kathleen Clyde for Secretary of State. Um, and, and NARAL has endorsed her. Um, what would that be like to have a, a Secretary of State who thought that making it easier to vote and make voting more accessible was a cool thing <laughs> versus purging people from the polls or trying to make it confusing or, you know, making sure that you have to have a photo ID when... The, there's just no there's no reason you have to have that i mean i used to work at a board of elections in college of course I did. you did <laughs> i did the the level of geekdom for me and voting is i mean it's a whole rabbit hole um and you know they compare your signature mm -hmm. like really somebody you know you needed an id so that somebody doesn't come in and like forge your signature and have it match up perfectly i mean there's so many reasons why and I think what they do on the voting obstruction is so similar to what they do on abortion. Mm -hmm. They they create these arguments. So you're like, oh yeah, voter fraud. That that would be a real problem. Except it's not. No, not at all. Oh yeah, transfer agreements. That's that's really a big deal. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think our opponents are masters at that. They're masters at creating these false concerns and and then ridiculous um, solutions. And I'm doing air quotes if you're listening, <laughs> um, so that they can fix the problem. Another air quote. And what it really is, it's is about their imposing their will on the population. Yeah. And why do they do that? Because they know they can't win with the truth. Exactly. They know that seven in 10 Ohioans support abortion access. They know that if they don't gerrymander the districts mm -hmm. and if they don't interrupt people's ability to vote, that they will not win elections in Ohio. Yep. So they try to rig the system and they try to cheat. Yep. So if you're one of those people who I always talk to is like, I don't like politics, it's terrible. Yes. The result though is that what you have to do is you have to get involved yeah. because it's you get out of it what you put into it. And if we can get behind making sure that we have well-drawn fair districts, um, which issue one is part of that, um, if we can get behind candidates who think that government should operate in the b best interest of public health and voter access, we'll have better policies, we'll have better communities. and. Isn't that what we all want? We all want that. <laughs> I mean, you know, whether we're talking about voting or abortion or anything else, in the end, we all just want to be able to live our lives with the people we love and healthy and sustainable communities. That's it. But it doesn't happen magically. It happens no. with, with civic engagement. It happens with community engagement, individuals making it happen. And we can't do that, you know, one by one. We have to do it all together. Yes. And one last plug. If you um, are um, somebody who just loves elections and you want a phone bank and you want to help turn out the vote and remind <laughs> people to vote and tell them who to vote for, hit us up. We will totally put you to work at, here at NARAL Pro Choice Ohio. They will. Yes. Um, before <laughs> May 8th and again before November 6th. So with that, I will say go vote, vote right, and let's take back Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Toodles.